Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Uh, today's episode, we put together a list of five ways that marketers, business owners can actually benefit from an economic downturn. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty right now in the market. And so as marketers, we have to look at how can we prepare for the future. So hopefully you guys enjoy. If you do, please give us a like. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to whatever you're listening to the podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please share the episode with a, a friend or a colleague that needs to hear this message. Let's jump right in. So Taylor, it's been, you know, the last two, two and a half years or so, it's been the craziest that I, any one of us have ever lived through. First, it was the pandemic, and then now this inflation that's uh, you know rising so rapidly, and all these uh, supply chain shortages, worker shortages, all these things, and and the economic downturn is affecting every possible sectors that you can imagine. So this could sure. be a time where business leaders and marketers can get become fearful and be anxious on what they can do proactively and kind of pull back on their efforts, or it could also be an opportunity for uh, business leaders to be more active on things that they can do. So I know for our episode today, we put together some things that marketers, specifically what marketers can do proactively to be ahead of the game as opposed to kind of falling behind and being a victim at, uh, at the end of the day. So you, let's talk about some of those things that our marketers can do during this economic downturn so they could be winning rather than losing during this sort of a downturn in the economy. Yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't be true marketers if we weren't trying to... Uh... You know, spin an economic downturn in uh, in favor of us as marketers, but you know that's kind of what we have to do, right? We have to look at is there a silver lining? How can I take advantage of a situation, right? And one of the biggest things, the first thing we you know we put together on this list is one of the biggest challenges that we've seen companies face, as you mentioned, kind of as things were going really great with the economy, uh, is talent shortages, right? Talent is in in such high demand, um, especially for talented marketers. Um, there's so much money that's being flying in to digital space in particular. And to be honest, there's there's only a, a handful of really high-level marketers that that understand digital and, and how it can benefit an organization, right? And so if you look at that as a, the biggest challenge, well, in an economic downturn, what's going to happen? We're already seeing big companies in particular really laying people off. So that means that that talent pool should, in theory, increase which means now you can capitalize by hiring top talent. You know, if you're a small to mid-sized business and you're looking for top talent, the first people that fortunately these big companies are going to cut uh, is the highly paid uh, executives. And, and marketing is one of the first things that uh, organizations cut. So if you have the ability, you have the cash flow, you're looking for top level marketers, um, that talent pool should increase. And, you know, ultimately that issue of the talent shortages uh, will, will become less of an issue. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people are, uh, especially in a competitive market, right? Everybody was throwing big dollars at these compensations on salaries, especially high tech and high growth uh, tech companies. They were all hiring, you know, the top talent. And when you talk about marketing today, marketing is MarTech. Like it's marketing yeah. and technology. Someone who is very much native to technology and can go figure softwares out and leverage right. different ad platforms and mediums to reach uh, prospective customers playing all these different fields. So it's not, it's not a, um, you know, the old school marketing skills that required to, to run these marketing organizations. So if companies are laying them off, unfortunately they are getting laid off, not because of their lack of skill set, but just because of financial reasons. So it's an opportunity for business leaders to find those sort of talents that are in the market actively looking and possibly get them at a much discounted compensation structure than what they are probably used to. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the second one is, you know, similar in the same vein there. The other issue that's been plaguing marketing departments and organizations is is high turnover, right? Not only is it hard to get and find top talent, it's been really hard to keep top talent because the demand is so high that top employees are are you know jumping ship and and looking for obviously to better themselves and better their career, better their salary. And certainly can't blame anybody for doing that. But as times become more uncertain, um, you know, people want stability, right? And so employees are are less likely to leave. So you as a, as a leader, as a, you know, running an organization, running a marketing department, we need to capitalize by rewarding your top employees, right? In rewarding that loyalty to your organization so that we can, uh, you know, keep a, a tight-knit group, you can keep your A players, and ultimately, uh, you know, your company will benefit from that. Do you have any practical examples of things that might be, you know, ideas to give them more incentives? Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to communication, right? It's, it's figuring out what, what your employees want, what's important to them. Flexibility, freedom with their, their schedule. Obviously, compensation is, is huge. Well, depending on the size of the company, a lot of people are you know, offering basically you know, partial ownership in the, in the organization. So there's, there's a lot of different things that can be done. I mean, I think that's done on a case-by-case basis. But really, you know, obviously, getting to know what your, what your employees are looking for, what they want, what's important to them and try to keep them as, as long as possible and, and make it, you know, make it well known, right, to the organization that, you know, you appreciate the hard workers that you do have. Yeah, most certainly. And I think turnover is a very costly endeavor. I think HubSpot done a study during, you know, early days of HubSpot. They said the average cost of uh, losing an employee, especially in the sales role, was like a, you know, like a BMW 7 Series. So it's, it's imperative that you can find ways to Keep the talent that you have and uh, continue to uh, engage them in the in the organization, right? And retain them as long as you can. Um, mm-hmm. So that's definitely more. Two of them are uh, primarily around the talent retention or getting new talent to join your company. Uh, so, what are some of the other options that we have in terms of marketers that we can do proactively? Yeah, I think we have to look historically, right, at what happens in our economy, what happens to businesses, what happens to spending when we see you know, an economic downturn, or, you know, if we end up do go, you know, go into a recession, uh, what happens obviously is again, people cut back on their, their marketing spend. So if you look at that as your organization and you look at your, your market as, you know, your competitors, right? Because that's, that's what they are. Your competitors are scaling back on marketing. Um, that gives you the opportunity to, you know, double down and invest into your marketing, right? Um, you know, there's a, a Warren Buffett quote that that I love about, you know, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are are fearful. And I think that's the position that if you can afford to take, uh, you need to take when it comes to your marketing and, and strike when the iron is hot, right? Eat up the, the competition when you can. Yeah. And I think when everybody else is slowing down, you're also the natural tendencies, okay, maybe we should also pull back on our spend. Right. Uh, and I think from Having been in the marketing space, the num- you know, I think if you've ever been in a downturn in the economy, the number one thing most marketers or most organizations will cut is the marketing mm-hmm. uh, because it's the easiest to cut off from your budget and you know you feel like you're not going you know, it's not going to impact the business as much. Uh, but you're living up, uh, giving up long-term gain by just this short-term cut. But you forget that it's a, you know, you're, you know, there's a residual value of being very active with your marketing and building your brand and, and being very strong, even in a short, you know, in a, in a small economy, in a bad economy, because people are going to recognize you have a much better, your dollars are going to be uh, stretched much wider. You're going to have a lot more opportunity to reach your audience uh, more efficiently. And these are times when competitors completely disappear from the marketplace and are going to leave a void. 
and you have an opportunity to capture uh, that market share that you probably didn't have before. Yeah, and we we've seen this firsthand. You know, actually, and you know, when you started the company, you know, we we went through a recession. Uh, we've seen it kind of on a, a mini level with 2020. We saw, you know, some of our clients that did exactly what we're recommending right now, which is, um, you know, invest as much as as they could and try to be as actively as active as possible. Looking at you know basically free you know channels as as much as possible. Anything to stay active uh, while their competitors, like you said closed up shop and, you know, kind of waited for things to change. And unfortunately, a lot of those, you know, companies went out of business, but our clients that, that, you know, listened to this advice, um, you know, they came out thriving on the other end. So definitely was some, some dark times there uh, during, you know, 2020, but uh, it was, you know, unprecedented as well. And again, the people that kept their foot on the gas as much as they could uh, are still, you know, thriving on the other end. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're just wasting marketing dollars wherever you see, you know, um, a a void, but, you have to be very strategic and especially the benefit of being a marketer today is that you have a lot more visibility into where your marketing dollars are going. So you could be more uh, refined and targeted uh, and you can actually then double down on the ones, uh, things that are actually working well and then obviously pull back on things that are probably not very effective. So I think it's just, you know, kind of like that, that analogy or the, the example that you gave from Warren Buffett. I think you just need, don't be greedy, but you also need to be very strategic, right? Like you, yeah. you kind of certainly want to be very smart about how you're investing your dollars. But at the end of the day, the goal is, you know, your competitors are scaling back, but it gives you an opportunity to, to expand your reach. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or Maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rates from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms, talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed, all right? So thank you for listening, and let's get back to our topic for the day. Yeah. And that kind of takes us to our next on the list is less competitors means there's actually less competition. And what we mean by that is marketing channels, particularly things like uh, Google AdWords or Facebook ads, the number of or the level of competition directly impacts the, the, the cost of admission, essentially. Right. Google AdWords works as an auction, meaning if you have 50 competitors all bidding on one keyword, those keywords are going to increase in, in cost, particularly when the the value of that lead or the value of that customer is high. Uh, we know indus- there's industries that are paying you know, 50, 60, $100 for just one single click uh, on a search term. So again, in theory, companies, competitors scale back on marketing, companies go out of business. Well, that makes it more affordable for us to be active in some of these channels that maybe were, were unattainable for us you know, in the past. So kind of revisit your marketing strategy and, and look at uh, those type of channels if you notice you know, competition is is cutting back on marketing. Again, look at where we can potentially scale up or enter into new new avenues and channels that we haven't been in the past. 
Yeah, and you've seen those during election years as well, because the, all the election spend uh, just takes up all the inventory uh, that's available for marketers. And then your ability to reach your audience, even with the budget that you have, become almost uh, extremely difficult. So when you have marketers leaving, that means you have a lot more inventory than what the advertisers are available. So that gives you a lot more opportunity to reach your customers um, more efficiently. And the, like you said, the cost also decreases, which means you are getting more for your bucks. So that I think is a, is a great opportunity. Most people don't even realize this, uh, especially with the digital ad spend being more of an auction-oriented this is a great chance because there's not a lot of people auctioning for that that visibility or that view. So the, that that means you're getting more reach with your with your marketing spend. Yeah. So number five on our list is kind of the common theme through through all these ideas and the ways that we can benefit from an economic downturn is really just invest in the future, right? Kind of ask yourself where do you want to be when the market corrects, right? And now we look at, you know, long-term marketing strategies uh, would no longer have some of those pressures of immediate results, right? Because we understand that things are, are crazy, right? Our customers' buying habits have changed. Um, you know, maybe they're going to stop spending as much money. But again, you have to look at how do we want to position ourselves? So channels like organic, organic search, organic social media, um, your own, you know, contact list or email list, invest into some of the, the strategies that maybe, you know, leadership has pushed back on in the past because everything has been so, you know, immediate gratification. We spend a dollar, we need to make $5 right away. If we, if we acknowledge that some of that's going to change, some things are going to take more long-term, you may uh, adjust your strategy to, you know, ultimately have a, a much greater benefit and greater return two years down the road, five years down the road. Uh, again, if if we all agree that hey, we're gonna we're gonna kind of put our heads down, we're gonna execute, we're gonna plow through, and we're gonna come out on the other side of this, you know, that's that's really where you're gonna see that long term growth. Yeah, and this is what, something that I would probably put into kind of two buckets. Is one is like invest into your own audience, yeah. and then tapping into someone else's audience. Like you alluded to, you know, the problem with you relying heavily on just one channel, like oh, I'm I'm just gonna focus on YouTube. You know, we're just going to create a lot of content. What ends up happening is YouTube controls the audience. You don't have any say in who's your subscriber or whether or not they actually get to even see, even if they are your subscriber. But if you can build your own audience and create an email list out of those channels that you reach your customers through, and that email is our, your way to their inbox or their contact information is your way to reach them, that actually gives you a lot more flexibility because if you have that email list, you can invite them to a webinar. You can send them an email newsletter. If, they have, if you have their contact information, like their mailing address, you can probably send them something tangible. It could be a direct mail. It could be some sort of a swag or whatnot to mm-hmm. stay top of mind with those people. So building your own list and, and, and actually building your, building your own audience is extremely critical, regardless of what channels you're probably leveraging today to reach your end customer. The other simple... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, particularly if you have been just focused on one channel, like you mentioned, you know, we see a lot of companies that, again, because of the way that demand is so high that we're just focusing on, let's say, Google AdWords, right? And we'll pay the premium for the cost per click because uh, we're just trying to get customers. We need customers as fast as possible. Well, when that demand shifts and now all of a sudden uh, there's not as many people actively searching, how do you reach your your audience, right? So like you said, companies that are going to benefit are the ones that have over time been building up uh, your audience uh, so that you can communicate directly with them and you don't have to rely on any channels or Who's using, uh, you know, which social media platform, you know, in this particular day, month, or year? So there's a lot of benefits to that, building up your your own audience. Uh, and if you haven't been doing that now, you got to start today, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you when you're when you have your own audience and you have their contact information, you're not at the mercy of any social platform that might change an algorithm, and you're you're screwed. And that goes for even organic search as well, because we've seen websites that are you know getting tons of organic traffic naturally. All of a sudden, some sort of a recent algorithm update affects their organic ranking, in which all of a sudden affects their traffic and conversion. Ultimately, that's reflected on their top line. So you certainly want to have multiple ways of reaching a customer and building your audience is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other option is, you know, how can you tap into someone else's audience, which, you know, if there are you know, businesses that are complementary to yours and not competing with yours, can you find ways to partner with them to leverage their audience? And can you provide special offers to their members? Or can you be a guest speaker on their, you know, on their platform, whether it be a webinar host, co-host or podcast guest or uh, contribute content to their blog or you know co-create something on their YouTube channels. Anything that you can do to reach their uh, target audience through their current network or connections, that's an uh, extremely efficient way to expand your reach and your customer base as well. So that could be a, a great way to invest into your future uh, by really building relationships with people that are not necessarily competitors, but actually complementary to what your, your business does and, and the audience that you serve. Absolutely. I think that's a great, great tip there. So those are the five tips that you know we had written down on the list, but we also wanted to give you a, a bonus tip here. Everything we've talked about up until this point, as you mentioned at the beginning, Sam, marketing is now synonymous with digital or martech. It's all focused on technology. But if we look back at, you know, back to our days in school and college, obviously marketing was focused on, right, like the four P's of marketing, product, mm-hmm. price, place, and promotion. Uh, and so really all we've talked about is like kind of channel selection and strategy around promotion, right? Where to spend money, how to get, you know, visibility for your your product. But we haven't really talked about the the other three P's, right? And so as a bonus here, as an organization, if you can adjust your product, right? If things are, are changing in the market, uh, that means the, obviously the economy is changing, the market is changing. We can just try to do the same things over and over. And so we want to look at, can we adjust our product? Uh, could we adjust our price? Um, or could we adjust, uh, you know, kind of the way that we're positioning it in our, our messaging, right? So uh, if you're, you know, if your product or your, your service that you offer has a bunch of benefits about, you know, driving, could be driving revenue or could be anything related to that. Uh, well, does it also have, you know, benefits of lowering costs and improving efficiencies and lowering overhead by, building automation, whatever that may be, whatever would be applicable um, to your customers in a time when they're struggling, uh, if your customers are struggling, right? So um, not only look at your own market uh, and look at your competitors to kind of see what's going on, but how are your customers dealing? How are they going to be impacted, right? If the price of oil, price of gas goes up, how does that impact your customers? If if a labor shortage again, you know, happens, how does that impact your customers? Or if Spending goes down. How does that impact your customers? And so you look at all of these variables and these, you know, these factors, and then you have to look at your product or service. And again, can we tweak it a little bit or can we tweak the messaging? Can we tweak, is there a way that we can cut our own costs so that we can lower the costs and, and you know, pass it on to our customers? So there's a lot of companies that don't do that, right? They just sit back and say, well, this is what this is the product that we sell, this is the price. And then, you know, obviously when when things happen, you just complain rather than taking action. And so as our bonus here, we want to look at, can we adjust our product? Can we create different variations? Um, you know, basically, can we adapt to the, the changing times? And believe it or not, those are, again, all marketing functions that are uh, a lot of times overlooked. 
Yeah, and I think what you're describing, Taylor, is more so maybe more from a messaging mm-hmm. standpoint. How do you focus on things that are probably going to resonate with them during a down mm-hmm. economy is going to be different than what in a booming economy they have a completely different priorities and they don't care uh, what some of the other minor details of the product offering. So messaging could be one way to just repositioning the product that you bring to the customer, right? Really listening to what what's more important to them now and then aligning your messaging to make sure that they know that you're empathizing with their current conditions. The other one is probably just completely readjusting the price, uh, pricing and the product as a whole. Uh, so maybe taking apart features to lower lower the product price so that it could be more attractive to them, right? Because sometimes, you know, you know, in a, in a growing economy, you have all this value out of things that you offer that might look like, okay, that's good. And, you know, I'm willing to pay the price for it. But oftentimes people will be like, hey, can you remove this or remove that? So I don't need all those functions because that's not very necessary for us. I just need this most important, like the non-negotiable feature set. So maybe reworking the product pricing and the way that you probably package the product itself to make it more attractive to your customer and maybe even different pricing models altogether. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully this is beneficial for you. If you if you feel like we missed anything or you have any other, again, you know, silver linings to a potential economic downturn, please send those in. Uh, you know, we'd love to discuss those with you. If you're looking for assistance with your own marketing strategy, of course, please reach out to us. And if you enjoyed the episode, please give us a like, subscribe, share it with a friend or a colleague and tune in next week for next episode. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.